You may be seated. Happy Easter to you this morning. While the mercy of God is still with us today, you are here and alive and breathing and well to hear another Easter message. I mean, that's right. Yeah, if you're really not into the Lord or not into Easter, it's just a nice day to have off if you do, maybe on tomorrow or something. Then you're in difficult situation. This morning's message is called The Source of Life. It's the source of life. It truly is. Zechariah 13.1 says this. In that day, there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And this is what it's for. For sin and for uncleanness. God said there's coming a day, and that day has come and gone now because of the, the death and burial and the resurrection, that a fountain will be opened, that All of us here right now this morning have opportunity to drink from this fountain that is the source of life for our sins and for our uncleanness. Now that word fountain means a spring. It means a source of life. And that's what the Lord is and the Word of God is this morning. It truly is. It's a spring and a source of life. The psalmist said this, For with thee is the fountain of life. I think the cosmetic business is huge, way up there with all kind of billions of money every year trying for the people to try to make us look younger or prettier. And we're missing the whole mark. The Lord says, I am the true fountain of life. People have even gone on expeditions and trips looking for a real fountain of life, real water coming from the ground that will give them eternal life or eternal beauty. And all the time it's found right here in the Word of Almighty God, stated very simple. Jesus simply states, hey, listen, I am. I am this fountain of life, this source of life. And that word life means to make alive. I know if we think we're sitting here and hearing and listening and breathing, we're alive. But I I beg to differ. There is a spiritual life that the multitudes of this nation do not have. It really is. And you need to figure out whether you're in that lot or the other. God says this, I am the fountain of life. It means to make alive or it means reviving, like springtime, like starting to happen out there. I mean, everybody in our neighborhood uh, yesterday was cutting grass. And when we would go past each other, we'd just shake our heads. We couldn't hear anybody. We couldn't hear each other, but I knew what it meant. We can't believe we're cutting grass in March. Because the warm spring weather that has come has revived and made our grass alive. And that's what the Lord says. That's what I will do. Now, all through the winter is a a type of the majority of people in our nation. Just there, kind of looks like grass. It might be grass. No growth. Doesn't need cut. Doesn't need weeded. Doesn't need fertilizer. It just lays there. And God says, I am the source of life, and I will bring, just like the grass starts to come, come green. My father used to say in springtime, you could hear it growing. And that's what the Lord wants to bring to you and I, actually see us and feel growth, life, true life, from the Word of God. You have to decide whether that's true or not. Look in Revelation, Revelation 7, 9, it says this, And this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations, kindreds, people, tongues, 
In other words, God says, all lives matter to me. Absolutely all lives. Stood before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, psalms, uh, palms in their hands, cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood around about the throne, about the elders and the four beasts, fell before the throne on their face, and worshipped Almighty God, saying, Amen, blessing, glory, wisdom, and thanksgiving, honor, power, and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence have they come, or where have they come from? And he says unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of the great tribulation, have washed their robes, made them white in the blood of the Lamb. This tremendous scene going on in heaven. People shouting and praising and falling before God. And look what happens. Therefore are they before the throne of God, serving Him day and night in His temple. And He that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. And they shall hunger no more, neither shall they thirst, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. Absolute, perfect, with which we call heaven. Verse 17 says, For the Lamb, which is Christ, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them, shall lead them unto the living fountains of waters. He shall lead them. Now you might just think you're just here because it's Easter. Or because you're visiting somebody that might come here. Or you drove by and thought, eh, why don't we go there? Well, I'm believing it is the Spirit of Almighty God that has led you here. He has led you here so that you possibly, maybe today, will take a drink from the fountain of living waters, which is Christ. That you truly, for once, have a great understanding. Not a head understanding, but a heart understanding of Good Friday and Easter. You'd think that would be common knowledge. It might have been back when I was little. But it's not anymore. It's not anymore. In fact, uh, one of the, the, I think it's Fox News and O'Reilly, he sends a guy out with a microphone and asks questions. And it actually upsets me so much, I turn it off. Before I could turn it off, just three days ago, he went around America, and he's talking about the dumbing down of America. And he's sticking microphones in people's faces and says, what holiday's coming up? And there we go, mm, um, Father's Day. And, and actually asked three of them, and actually weird, all three of them said Father's Day. We're three days from probably the most unbelievable event known to mankind. And people no longer even know what it is. And God says, when you get there, it's going to be so awesome that the Lord himself is going to bring you to the living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all tears from your eyes. This is what is waiting for the believer. This is waiting for me. For those who drink from the fountain of life, God says, this is what's waiting for you. There is a heaven, there is a fountain, and I will wipe all tears from your eyes. There are much grief in this world, is it not? You can just shake your head over what's going on. The heartache, the terrorists, another bomb, babies drowned, babies thrown out the window, children shot, all kind of nonsense going on in this world. And you're going to get your life and source from this world? 
We need to thank God there's a supernatural. We need to thank God that this is not it. Ezekiel tells us in 47.1, New King James. And to, me, I'm th- I'm, th- to me, this is talking about the house of God. Right now, as I preach the Word of God, has really nothing to do with me, but as I preach the Word of God, the fountain of living water is going forth. Running right up to you. Whether you dip and drink, I don't know. Coming right to you freely, paid with such a wicked, awful price. Ezekiel 41, 7, 1 says, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. We'll call that the church. And there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east. And the water was flowing from the upper right side of the temple south of the altar. In other words, a stream of life should be coming from every church this morning throughout the land. Verse 6 says this, He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. When I returned there, along the bank of the river, were very many trees on one side and the other. Then he said unto me, This water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley, and enters the sea. Where it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. Everything that this water, anything that the gospel, the water of the Lord Jesus Christ touches, anybody that dares to sip, it will heal, God says. It really will. It has done it to me. Verse 9 says, And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes, will live. This gospel, backed by the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ, paid for by His blood, Victory through is coming up out of the grave. Everybody that dares to sip from this water, Jesus says, will live. Not a little dip, not once in a while, casual, because that's not what that was. That wasn't a once in one little whip, couple drops of blood. It wasn't almost till death. It was traumatic. And so God calls for this. Unbelievable commitment that you can do. You can through the Spirit of God. And so you see this water going everywhere. Do you understand? This is what made our nation great. Was the preaching of the gospel hundreds of years ago. Running through the land, the water going through every little burrow, every little field, every little village. Bringing morality and responsibility and good citizenship throughout the land. People from overseas would come and wanted to know what made America so great. They thought it was the resources, the water, the gold, the silver in the woods and in the lands and in the mountains. And they would all come back and say, no, that's not it. What makes America great is the pulpit. It's the pulpit that preaches the true word of Almighty God. Listen, folks, that has changed in your lifetime. It has changed in your nation. But here, right this moment, right now, you're going to get pure spring water from the living word of Almighty God. You will stand before God someday, and God will know that you have been here, and the water ran to your feet and said... What'd you do with it? You can't look. Look at me. You can't go. Come on. Do you, do you, do you, 
You ever see the price that possibly? It says we couldn't even understand what the Lord looked like. He was beat so bad. And so how should our commitment compare to what the price was paid? We can't go, come on, Pastor, you're kind of over. No, not at all. If I was a parent of a son that lost his life in Benghazi, the way they've treated that and turned their back, I'd be in jail. I'd be in jail looking to shoot somebody that caused that. That's just a natural tug. We're not, we're not talking about the world, the sins of the world. And you're going to go, well, I don't know, Pastor. What do you think God the Father is going to do with that? You cannot tread on the blood of the Lord lightly. You cannot. And so as this water goes forth like it used to from the pulpits all through America, this is what made your nation great. The pulpits now have been dummied down. They have been uh, polluted with self and false gospels. Things that is no longer true. Just wanting your money. Building big churches, huge crowds, and won't even preach against sin. And so our nation is just about on life support right now. Your nation's on a gurney somewhere in ER going. (laughs) Because the only source that brings life is this fountain. The fountain of the Lord Jesus Christ. John 5, he says, verily, verily, where it means truly, truly. I say unto you, he that heareth my words and believe on him hath sent me hath everlasting life. And shall not come unto condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Do you see how powerful this fountain is? This cannot be a news flash. You will die. By the mercy of God, you're here this morning to possibly drink from the fountain of life. The words, the true words of God. Might never see you again, that's all right. But for now, this next half hour or so, you have opportunity. At the mercy of God, probably the majority of us have had some close encounter with death. Car accidents, pulled out, never saw the guy, you heard the screeching, waiting for the hit. Some of you have been in Vietnam. Some of you battled terrible diseases. But the mercy of God, you're here again to hear his tremendous word. The question to you this morning is what fountain are you drinking from? The world is all smoke and mirrors. Oh man, it does a good job. It does a good job. How it advertises its beer drinking, parties, booze. How it advertises all the filth, all the, un, the unusual lifestyles now. All the gold and glitter and the radios and the, and the light just shining and it's spinning around. The lustful desires. There's no life in any of that. None whatsoever. If you have any amount of age on your life, you'd have to agree. You have to say it's true. You know, there's really nothing in it. There's nothing at all. Man has the ability 
to purify our drinking water. He does. But it can never replace the taste of a fresh running spring water. It can never. Never. John eleven twenty five says this. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. It's not like he was there. It's not like he took part of it. No, he's saying, look here. I am. I am. No one raised from the dead but me. I am the resurrection. Is what the Lord would say to you this morning. Amidst all the voices in the world, and they're all screaming for your attention. I know that. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, he that says, hey man, I'm going to trust it, I'm going to believe it. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. You could have walked in here this morning, never ever loved your country, fought for your country, cry for your country, for your family. You could have walked in here never making that commitment to God. That means you actually walked in here dead. This is not to offend you, not to offend you. This is to help you. You make that commitment to God. You say yes, you bow your knee, you play that card of faith. God said you'll walk out of here alive. Absolutely alive. Your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. According to this word, according to this fountain of life. If you're sitting there and you're saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't think I have that faith. That's not true. That's what the world tells you. But God tells you in the word of God, in that fountain of life, to every man is dealt a measure of what? Faith. It's there. Push the dumb other cards out of the way. Push the screaming bills and a lustful this and a lustful that. You'll find it. You'll find that card of faith. Play it. Sadly, here we are now. Jeremiah stands up and says, Hath a nation changed their God? And I remember reading that 20, 30. I'll be saved over 40 years, 40 years ago. But today I can look at it and say, oh no. Oh no, God, I never thought, ever thought this scripture meant America. I never in all my days thought America would. As you read the end times, everything is centered around Jerusalem, not America. Everything's centered around Israel. And I would think, how's this going to work out? How's all these people going to come against Israel? America's been beside Israel all her days, all her... It's happening. So Jeremiah stands to you. Hath the nation, you're the nation of America. Hath the nation of America changed their God? Jeremiah goes on, if we've changed their God there, they're really not gods. That which America is doing is not right. And he goes on and says, but my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. If you used to drink from the fountain and stopped, or if mother did and grandma did and you stopped, you've changed. You've changed, you've changed for something that does not profit. 
you would never do that in anything else. You would never buy something that you knew you were going to lose money on. You always buy something and possibly be able to profit. A car, sell of a car or a home. We're talking about your soul, your eternal soul. You can make a bad car deal and just kind of pay for it for four or five years and finally get out of it, but you cannot make this bad deal and get out of it. So I'm saying, oh, this Easter, you need to thank God you're here to hear another Easter message from God. Jeremiah stands up and says, Has a nation changed their gods, which are not gods, but my people have changed their God for that which doth not profit? And this is what he says to us. Be astonished. That means shocked, pale white. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, saith the Lord. Not just a, I guess that's, well, no, he's saying be shocked to your very core. Listen, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. You are being raised and born again and attempting to have a living that where they have taken the true word of God and said, you know what? It doesn't mean that now. I think it means this. This is what it meant. I don't believe we have to do that anymore. Yuned out their own cisterns. And all of heaven is shocked. That's what it says. Astonished. You did what? After that price. Him who knew no sin became sin for you. Look, he was stripped naked. And he was almighty God. That's what we, we stripped him naked. Spit on him. Beat him. And he died. And then we say, you know, let's carve out our own religion. All the heaven that was there, all the angels that took place, were st- they, they're, st- they're stunned. God shed his grace on thee. He did. I don't know if he is anymore. Has a nation changed their God? Listen to me. Your America has. You got to get back to the water that came forth from all the pulpits throughout the land. Oh, yeah. In other words, they're saying, you know what? You know what we're saying in America? I'll do it my way. This is the way it's going to be. I believe this. And I believe that, and I believe that, and that's okay. And I still love Jesus. Look what it says. Not merely one evil, like the idolaters who know better. You're bowing and idolizing them. You know better. But he's talking about my people. 
They added the sin of forsaking the true God whom they have known. America has known. Most of our nation now have or are in the process of rejecting the fountain of life. They are. David was busted in his sin, King David. This is a perfect example of taking a drink of the fountain. The Psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him, after he had gone into Bathsheba, after he had sinned with another woman, Have mercy on me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. This is David under the conviction of sin. Wanting again to drink in the fountain of life. Saying, blot out my sins. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge it. I acknowledge it. My transgressions and my sin is ever before me, David said. Now this is what I hear. David didn't respond like this. I haven't killed anyone. David didn't say, I'm I'm a good person. I'm just being misunderstood. I didn't mean it. You took that the wrong way. No, David just fell on his face and repented. Fell into the fountain of the living water and asked God, wash me thoroughly, cleanse me from all my iniquity. Now we have excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. Oh, the church is full of hypocrites. All they want is your money. Oh, this is... Part of drinking of that fountain of living water is repenting. Words that have been dropped from the gospel by yellow-backed, weak-kneed preachers. They don't want to talk about holiness and holy living. They don't want to talk about sin. They don't want to talk about repenting. Acts 3.19 says, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. See, you might be bugged with me this morning because of barking out the word, the true word of God. Repent. Ask for forgiveness. But would you rather be bugged with me this morning and hug me tremendously in heaven or hug a preacher now that won't mention those words and want to kill him when you miss heaven? The Word of God says, Repent ye therefore and be converted. Be washed in the fountain. Take a drink of that living water that your sins may be blotted out. Not that you join my church. That your sins may be blotted out. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter what skin color you are. What political views. Where you live. What car you drive. How much money you got in a bank. It says... When you do that, it says, then when you convert it, that says, when the times of refreshing, the drinking of the water, will come from the presence of the Lord. That's what it's talking about. The refreshing means to 
recover from the effects of the heat of cooling. I'm telling you, standing up there real tight with everybody with that long dress-looking thing on and a suit underneath, you're hot. Singing for you and for the Lord. The first thing I did, run to get some water. The refreshing of the water. So I could cool down, recover from the effects of the heat. And that's what the Lord says He is. That's what He is to us. Let me tell you what the world, your hopes in the world, your hopes in the Buckeyes, your hopes in the Steelers, Bengals, your hopes in the, well, used to be Longerberger, whatever we get hooked in. Let me tell you what the world, your portfolio, your great investments, Here's what David says, Psalm 63. Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. That's this nation. That's the world. So you fly to Hong Kong. There's despair and depression over there. So you look at some great wonder of the world. God says there's no water. It's dry. You might get a tingle. You might get a stamp on your passport. You might say, yeah, I saw that. That's it. No life-sustaining, refreshing, spring-reviving drink. The great pyramids cannot revive you. David says, in a dry and thirsty land. Oh, if I just had fame, if I could just be famous. Yeah, and you'll live X amount of years, you'll die and be forgotten about. Or they'll stick a star in cement and we walk over it. That's what fame gives you. So collect your wealth, assume it, put it in all 59 different banks. When you die, someone else gets it. Do the pleasures of drugs and pornography until it sinks its hook and you're addicted and you can't get away. Or sports. Or beauty for our women. Until you get old. Until your knees can't. Just can't. In your mind, you know how to play. You know what to do, but your body won't. When you used to be admired and looked at for your beauty. And it will leave you. The world's beauty. Facelift after facelift after facelift. Trying to drink from nothing that profits nothing. And all the time, the Lord's there saying, hey, I am the fountain of life. I am. Your grandchildren aren't, although they're darling and sweet, they need the Lord. So John tells us wonderfully, tells you, because the world screams, but the Lord says, hey, labor not for meat which perisheth. What are you doing working three days, three nights, 
three jobs so that you can have this cool something. God said, it, it perishes. Labor not for the meat which perish, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life. Everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto him who hath God the Father sealed him. That's, that's the great message of the gospel. It's the great hope that Easter brings. There is a fountain filled with Emmanuel's veins. The song that we sang, Fountain of Life. Isaiah says this, When the poor and needy seek water, when you realize that you have not been drinking from this well, God says, when the poor and the needy seek water and there is none, and their tongue faileth for thirst, look, I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers and high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. No matter where you're at in life, no matter how discouraged, how lonely, how dry you've been, how disappointed, how heartsick. God says, when you seek water, when you call out for the living water, I will hear. And I will cause your dry, thirsty land to have water. God speaks to the rock, and the rock what? Brings water. It's true, it's true, it's true. Who remembers Hagar? Hagar had a child. She got thrown out into the wilderness. No water in a desert. Take a look at some of those pictures over there in Israel in the wilderness. No water. She was given a canteen or a bag of water, and she had a child out, thrown out in the desert. And it says in verse Genesis 21, 15, And the water was spent in the bottle, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs, and she went and sat far down over against him a good way off, as it was a bow shot. You understand how far she left him? I mean, you could really crank a bow. And she left him under a bush because she couldn't stand to see him die of no thirst. So over that bow shot, she landed, she sat there and wept, and the baby cried. She went and sat her down against him a good way off, as it were a bow shot, for she said, Let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him, lifted up her voice, and wept. And God opened her eyes. And she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink. In other words, God heard the cries of this little child. The inability to help himself, and as he wept and cried, God just let water appear. Which is what he'll do for you this morning. Who remembers Doris Dew? 
sweet Doris do? She told me at Christmas, what did she tell me? She would, she'd get a turnip, but it was covered with something. I can't remember what it was. And she was all thrilled and excited. She said she would look out the window of their house and she would see her dad holding a lantern, walking out to get the Christmas present. Way out, going to the barn. Could barely see him other than the lamp swinging. And she'd be up, jumping up and down for some cinnamon-covered turnip. She looked at me and she said, You know, Pastor Joe, today children have everything. And she said, You know what? They have nothing. She said, When I was a child, I had nothing. But I had everything. Because she knew the Lord. She knew the fountain of life. We pushed this gadget, that gadget, this gadget, this gadget, that gadget. We have nothing without the fountain of life. I don't know where you are this morning. All I know is God has brought you here. He's given you another opportunity as the water of the fountain of life is running under your feet through the pews. But I guarantee you, if you call upon the Lord this morning, you dare to humble yourself like David did. Stop making excuses. I didn't kill nobody. I didn't do nothing wrong. I just went the heck out of here. I'm here just because my girlfriend comes here. You might even say, how the heck do you know all those excuses? Because I used them. I used them many times. But if you dare to humble yourself this morning, he will give you living water. He will. He will redeem you. I'm not saying the sky will open and you'll see lights. And All I'm saying is he will save your soul if you truly come and believe and humble yourself before the Lord. He will do his part. The sad thing is, as the water river of life flows, many times people splash, splash, splash right to their car and leave. Again, walking through the grace and the mercy and the tremendous salvation that God has paid, the price he has paid for you for your soul. It's almost out of the minds of most Americans. In fact, the younger generation, it's probably out of their mind. Not even being taught or told hardly anywhere anymore. Easter brings hope and life. It brings hope and life. The man says, once I was blind, but now I see. You understand it's more precious than your natural eyes. If you don't know Christ like we're sharing this morning, you're blind. Even though you see naturally, but you're blind. And when the man finally understood the fountain of life, took a drink, the blinders fell from his eyes and he shouted, Once I was blind, but now I see. They said, who did this? I'm not really sure. I think his name was Jesus. Let's stand, please. I need Rod in the band back, please. Listen to me carefully, please. We do not have church tonight simply because many travel, many prepare big meals, and we just give you the evening off, enjoy them, and love them. 
We also know at this point in time when the band's coming up, you're thinking, okay, one more song and I'm out of here. John chapter 7, verse 37. This account happened. Jesus stood up and he cried. That word cried means he, he barked out, heralded his voice, and said unto them, If any man thirst, if any man thirst, come unto me, and I will give you drink. Now that's our overcall this morning. Listen. If you've never taken a drink, obviously, come unto Him. But many of you have drank. But you know what? It's been a long time since you went back to that well. You need to refresh your love again with the Lord. Refresh your commitment again, and it'll come alive just like that grass is coming, turning green, rich green. The flowers pushing out of hard-crusted ground. God will do that for you. So all, this is for all Jesus is saying, anyone thirsty, come unto me.